Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com slash shift. Our guest today, Matt Dixon. If you want to move well, age well, and have unshakable self-confidence, Matt is your guy. Matt is a mind-body transformation specialist. He's a personal trainer, yoga teacher, and hypnotherapist based in St. Louis. He runs regular hypnotic yin yoga workshops in person and online. Matt Dixon and I discuss the importance of language and the power we have to change the meaning of a story without trying to change the facts. We really dig into meeting ourselves with compassion. Self-belief and self-care are valuable tools for entrepreneurs to keep moving forward. Well, Matt, welcome to the show. I sure appreciate you taking the time today to, to join us and uh, just look forward to learning a, a bunch of stuff. Thank you. I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> so typically start each show, just a quick explanation of your background and what made you decide to leap into entrepreneurship. Oh, geez. Well, gosh, my dad was a was a car dealer. And my uh, my mom owned a maternity store. So as far as entrepreneurship, that would be how I was exposed exposed to it. I've never been one to like being told what to do. I wonder if it's because I never saw my parents having to, um, you know, had anyone tell them what to do. But what I found was they they did have people telling them what to do. It was it was their customers and and their and so this this whole idea that that you you don't have a boss is a myth. So that's that's one thing that's that's one thing I've I've learned a long time ago. But um, I'm a uh, personal trainer by trade, and I've been a personal trainer by um, about 15 years, and then I became a yoga teacher two three years ago. I got my first hypnotherapy certification in 2019. Nice. Nice. And, and so, yeah, and, and, and here we are. Nice. Well, so you mentioned uh, a couple of things in there, the idea that uh, you don't have a boss, right? That's a, that's kind of a, the, the misnomer for a young entrepreneur who thinks, you know, well, I can't work for anybody else. I just work for myself. And uh, yeah, and now, I mean, certainly it's possible, um, but you're still going to have bosses and, and they're bosses that, that pay you the same way that <laughs> your regular boss would. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's the, the challenge I think for many is they become um, entrepreneurs, obviously with the wrong motivation, but really all they end up doing is owning their job and, and they have a terrible yeah. boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, um... I was, uh, I started my training career at Gold's Gym. And when I left Gold's Gym in 
2014, I went to work for a, um, a just a really amazing couple, uh, Nick and Nicole Dudas, who opened their own uh, studio. What's so amazing about them is what they what they got going at, at such a young age. I think at the time, Nick was 29 and Nicole was maybe 32, maybe or something like that. They're they're young to have such a beautiful place and everything. But anyway, the that place is as and we're independent contractors, but and that place is as close to the best of both worlds as you can imagine because. There's zero restrictions on me or anybody else, whomever, you know, the trainers there. But there's also, there's no, if, if the toilet blows up, it's not my problem. <laughs> so it's kind of the best of, of both worlds. You know, it's, it's, I don't really know what being your own boss really means other than, I guess you can't get fired. <laughs> That's a huge plus. You know. Well, maybe. There's some of us that probably should fire our boss. <laughs> but one of the challenges, I think, um, especially for entrepreneurs, is 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 obviously that transition, right? That there's a there's a self-discipline required. There's a I mean, even in as an independent contractor, right? Uh, could be a, a car salesman working for a car dealer. You could be a you know yoga instructor or you know, personal trainer working you know for a gym. But really, you're independent. You're independently getting your clients. You're independently mm -hmm. getting paid. Yep. So, so what what's been a a useful tool for you in in attracting clients? You know, it's it's interesting. It's it's actually what Lori is teaching us. If I were to say what it is now, I would say it's social media presence. In the beginning, before social media, I I wasn't I wasn't in business for myself. So that's that's pretty relevant. So I would say like it's social media presence. I used to, um, I used to take videos of, of, of my, of my clients, you know, um, I do a lot of boxing training with them and I would take videos of them, you know, working mitts and, and just cool stuff like that. And it got so much feedback. It got so much, um, attention and really, really, really good attention. And, and that brought me lots of people. I was getting, you know, tagged and things and, and, um, the videos were getting shared and I wasn't even really in the videos. I kept myself out. In fact, I even stopped speaking in them because I didn't like the way my voice sounded. And I began to think like, like, ah, this is kind of, I'm just sharing the same stuff over and over again. It's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, one of my awesome, you know, mommy clients throwing good weight around and, and hitting the bag and everything. And, and I thought, you know, someone's going to get, you know, people are going to get tired of this. And, and I was at a, a class reunion and then a, a bunch of my classmates were telling me that they, they were following me. They were, they weren't, you know, they weren't commenting, but they were following me. And one of them even said, please don't ever stop doing that. That's so inspirational. I thought, wow, that's, really impactful, you know, so in, I think, in, you know, in, in today's day and age, it's, it has to be social media presence. My dad would have said to go knock on doors and, and yeah, he, he was, he was something else. Yeah. That's, that's quite a, it, we've actually made quite a transition from door knocking to social media not that one's any easier than the other, but you get to stay at home and, and, you know, uh, model through social media. That's yeah. the case. 
Well, I love that your videos are inspirational and 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 recognizing, wait, people like these because they're inspirational, not because they're instructional. And so yeah. that's that's pretty cool transition. And and then you can repeat the same videos over and over again because because people enjoy them. But let's talk a little bit about the confidence piece. You didn't like hearing your own voice. So what have you done and how have you worked through through being able to record videos of yourself? <laughs> it, it's the weirdest thing, uh, Robert. I, so most of my most of my clients were well, they, they pretty much have always been, you know, mommies. And so, you know, I, I would I would say things like, good job. Keep keep your hands up. Ooh, good punch or great swing good, you know, moving a lot of weight there. Good job. And then because it's a long, long time ago, I was actually, um, I actually sold vacuum cleaners door to door. <laughs> and what, what I learned was because, because of my, my, my size, I, to make myself as non-threatening as possible when I was, when I was knocking on doors. And although, you know, in my twenties, I was just this beautiful cherubic little, you know, doughy faced young man, but I was huge, you know, and, and so I would, I, I would, I would make myself smaller and, and, and I take body language to make myself less threatening. And then that translated into kind of the, as, as I was, you know, training, you know, my mommies, I didn't want to be, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to be brutish. So I would soften my voice a little bit. And then when I would listen to my own voice, it, I was like, what do I sound like that? I was like, I sound like a drag queen is what I would say all the time. So I would say in my head, I'm, I'm saying, good job, good job. And, and what I'm, what I'm hearing is good job, good job. And I was like, Oh, I just hate the way I sound, you know? And, but you know, no one, I, I have friends who would brutalize me for that if that's what they thought and no one, they never did. So there's probably in my own head. Right. <laughs> so I just stopped using my voice. <laughs> yeah. It, Google had this, um, had this really cool, um, video editing thing and they would edit and just put music to stuff. And I was just using that. And then when I got into, um, moving towards like, you know, the hypnotherapy and change work and stuff like that, I had to, I had to fix that. So then as I tried to, as I tried to, to fix it, and it really, it's all, nobody, nobody cares except me, you know, and no, that is, that's the real takeaway here. And, and it was, um, Lori, Lori Hammond's influence of be imperfect, you know, don't, don't worry about that. And to, and as I started doing that, then I stopped, I stopped worrying. So. And, and how much has that made a difference? It's a huge, huge. It, it, it's, it, it, there, there have been, you know, I, I would, re, you know, I'd want to do a live or I'd want to um, record something for, you know, my Facebook group. And, and it would take me an hour and a half to record a two, three minute thing because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking it and I'd love to have that time back. I mean, if, if there's, if there's, if there's one piece of advice I would give anybody on anything, it's to just you know, just, just take your step and do it and, and be okay with being not so great. Yeah. Well, there's two pieces in that, right? First is making assumptions about what other people think. 
Yeah. But yeah. The, the second one is it's kind of a really cool process that when we first start going live, we're not very good at it. But the truth is nobody's listening to us anyway. And by the time we start to build up some audience and build up some traction, we actually start to get pretty good at it. And and the two kind of come together pretty neatly. Yeah, so. it's, exactly. I Exactly. And yeah, I totally agree. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, this this transition into learning NLP and, and hypnotherapy mm -hmm. and, and how has that helped in, in your coaching business and just in your personal growth journey? It's huge. So, so again, you know, my, my dad w was a car dealer, right? And he was a good one, you know, a Cadillac Olds, Toyota, and then, and he, he came up from, you know, from, from nothing, literally raised on a, a sharecropping farm and partially on a, on a, a Cherokee reservation, had nothing. And he was always about self-improvement and I had so many books that were his books, you know, like Think and Grow Rich and mm -hmm. The Power of Positive Thinking and uh, Win Friends and Influence People. Norman Vincent Peale, is that The Power of Positive Thinking? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then anybody else, you know, Brian Tracy and all that stuff. And so I got into that just kind of ad nauseum. And then uh, sales books as I uh, be became a car salesman for him you know, in, in, when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And I've always been interested in hypnosis. I've always thought it was really, really, really interesting. And it wasn't until um, uh, probably three, four, maybe maybe four years ago when I, I learned from listening to a podcast that, a lot, that per, persuasion, hypnosis is basically persuasion. And um, the, the person, this person was talking about as, as a great hypnotist was essentially just a salesman. And I thought, what, is that what that is? And so I looked into it and then what happened was, you know, in my, in my training business and, and, you know, my yoga teaching and coaching and things like that, I had better words for, for people. So somebody would say, um, like I, I would hear this all the time. I'm, I'm fat almost all my clients would, would say that. And, and you'd be shocked at, you know, the, 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 the person was sitting, you know, across from me who was saying that would, would pinch, you know, just the tiniest bit on their, on their belly. And it would be like this much. And they'd say, what about this? What about this? And, um, and I would say, well, that's stupid. You're not fat, you know? And then that doesn't it's not effective you know nobody likes <laughs> well now they're fat and stupid <laughs> exactly and but and i would i was always good at saying something with humor you know but still words you know words matter so what i learned from all that was you know choose choose the right words listen to the people talk which has always been a thing you know in in sales as it were is, is you know listen more than you talk but when you listen to someone talk, you hear, you hear what words they use. And then when, when people talk, they're telling you what, how to effectively communicate with them, hmm. which is, is, you know, in, in NLP is, 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 is rapport building. So that's been huge with that. And then the, the techniques of like NLP of like, you know, mapping, map, mapping across 
you know, things from like like to dislike. Um, reframing the meta model has been enormous. I guess I should, should I explain reframing or? Sure. I was just going to ask, you know, how would you help somebody reframe the idea when they say, well, I'm fat? Well, so the, a reframe, you know, I guess being defined as changing the, changing the meaning without changing the facts, so to speak. Right. And then I would, I would always, I would always mention, I would say, you know, there's always somebody that, that will trade places with you. And if they would trade places with you, you know, what would they do in their place? You know, would they, would they bemoan what they pinch on their bodies or they probably not, they would go out and they would be seen, they would, they would do something. And then, and then, you know, I would, and we, and we get people like congruent, like, okay, okay. And then I'd say like, well, you know, what's different, you know, what's different about, you know, their perception, your perception. And it's like, well, it's, it's all, it's perception it would be and then you know the the meta model or chunking down is is better if if someone would say this is a big one i had one client who had rebuilt her knee and was moving and feeling absolutely terrific and she was so so happy with herself and so proud of herself and was hearing great things and feeling great things and she came in one day and she said um I've got to get my diet under control. So, okay. And I have to, I, I got to get this, I got to get this weight off. And it just hadn't come up before. And, and so I said, get this weight off. And then she said, she, she said, yeah, I have to, I have to lose, I got to lose 30 pounds. And she didn't really have 30 pounds to lose. Um, and I said, okay. And this is something I learned in NLP and I've been chunking down. I said, for, for what purpose? And she said, because it, it just, it's time for it to come off. I said, okay, for what purpose? Because I, I've always wanted to, you know, weigh one, I think it was 130. Hmm. And I, I never have. I'd say, okay, you want to weigh 130? Yes. For, for what purpose? Well, I'm, I'm bigger than all my girlfriends in, in pictures. I'm, I'm the biggest one. I said, okay, so you want to lose 30 pounds so you can, because I'm the biggest one. And I said, of, of, of my girlfriends. And I said, so you want to take up, you want to lose 30 pounds because you want to take up less space than your girlfriend's. And then I, and I, it's not to say it like in a sarcastic way. I was like, because you want to take up less space in your girlfriends. And when I said it that way, like, okay, I get it. And then it, I, the shift in her face was just like, oh, thank you. Yeah, you're right. And that was it. That was it. So before learning those skills, it would have been me not arguing with her, but d disputing her, you know, disputing. And, and nobody likes to be disputed. You know, nobody likes that it's, it, because the implication is always that, that they're wrong or they don't know what they're talking about. Even if it's said in a loving and happy and fun way, you know, like, 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 like guys do to each other, you know? <laughs> so, 
that's been so, so helpful in, in the Milton model stuff has been really huge with uh, correcting technique, you know, on the, on the gym floor. Um, nice. Yeah. And so like an example of that is I, I was, uh, I had uh, two clients who were training together and one of them, I was, the idea was to get them to slow down and feel the movement to create balance in the body. And it was, it was kind of a one legged movement I was having them do where they were pulling on a pulley and kind of standing up, you know, leaning forward, standing up, but it was all on, um, all on one, on one leg. And if it's done with the right activation and, and the right intention, it's, it's a whole body strengthening type of thing. And one of the, um, one of them was, was just doing it fast. And the reason she was doing it fast is because she wanted to burn more calories. And, and so, you know, I would say slow down, slower, slow, not, not as fast, less quick. I, you know, all, <laughs> nothing was, nothing was, um, was catching on. And it was right when I was halfway through, I was, I was attending the NLP, um, uh, practitioner training in the afternoon and it was luckily it was in St. Louis. So I could still train people, you know, during the day. And we had just learned the Milton model patterns and, um, or the hypnotic language patterns would say. So I was like, Oh, so I said, as she was moving fast, I said, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You're burning all those calories. You're trimming down because you're slow and controlled. All those calories are being burnt. And since you're, you're perfectly slow and controlled, and she went from this to, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that is just, this stuff is just, it's a game changer for anybody who wants, who wants to be heard, you know. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson, available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue, the number two, life.com. Addvalue to life.com forward slash shift. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Just even understanding the language patterns we use with ourselves, right? Oh, and, and the value of the words that, that we're telling ourselves, right? Um, like that poor, you know, client saying, I'm fat. Well, you know, in whose opinion, right? <laughs> in, in, in whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice you're giving credit to? But even even further than that, you know, when people make mistakes and how they react. And, and there's lots of ways that these, you know, these statements come up that are really limiting beliefs. Yes. And yeah, those are ultimately holding holding people in a place where they don't really want to be. So let's talk a little bit about the, the value of language and recognizing your language pattern and, and transitioning your own language pattern. You, you, you said it perfectly. It's, it's kind of always that thing where, you know, a person, um, if you have kids or something, you know, and you know, you wouldn't, it's kind of like the, it's kind of the, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and, and you're taking care of 
everybody else, but like you're saying, I'm fine. I, I got enough sleep. I'm fine. You know, and you always think you can do a little more than you can or should or something like that. But it, 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 it comes down to like, um, if, if I catch myself talking bad to myself, you know, it's um, um, saying, oh, idiot, that was really dumb. And, you know, like I'll, I'll catch myself and then, you know, and, for, and, and I'll think like, I'm fine. I know what that is. I know what I'm doing. And then it, I, and I keep doing it. And then I thought, no, this is not, because this is, this is when people come to us needing help. Um, and, you know, and many times, you know, like in the, you know, the, the people who come to a yoga class or like who, who want to come to a gym, unless they have, when they hire a trainer, you know, and unless it's, it's a very specific um, event that they're training for, like a sporting event, it's most of the people that I get really have no idea what it is they, they want, they just want to change, you mm -hmm. know? And so when, um, you know, I begin to realize like, oh, that is, I'm doing that thing. I'm doing that thing that, that brings people, you know, my way. And then, so I'll, I'll, I'll check it. And, you know, and, and it, it's, it's like with a, usually it's, it's with a meta model move, you know, I'll, I'll say like, um, oh, that was stupid, you know, and then, and I'll say, what evidence do I have that's stupid? Hmm. Right. I, this actually was not super intelligent of me. I was treating, tr cleaning my turtle tank. Then, you know, I, I, it was freezing. It was really, really, really cold out. Like, you, you take the, you, you, you drain the water into like a, a garbage can and then you, you dump it outside. And I was dumping it off the, the stoop into the grass. And, um, I'd shoveled the, the, we just got lots of snow and I'd shoveled the, uh, driveway, the path, you know, for my car, my wife's car. And then, and for some reason I thought I'm going to, I'm going to pour this in front of my wife's car, not, <laughs> not on the stoop and not off the, and I don't know why I thought that, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. So I did that and I thought it was just going to run across the the driveway and it, well, wouldn't you know, it ran right down the driveway. And I looked at that and I said, well, that was stupid. That was really, really dumb. And you know, it, it kind of was dumb because the, the driveway is in an incline and that's what happens when water and, and it, it iced over the clear path. And so, you know, if you, if I consciously say, what evidence do you have that that's dumb? <laughs> and then, you know, if, if, if I try to, to pretend it wasn't dumb, my conscious mind isn't going to believe that. But so then, then it comes into like you, giving yourself permission to be temporarily not so smart and <laughs> then, and then to immediately, like immediately forgive yourself for it. And then, and, and meet yourself with compassion. This is where my yoga training comes in. Meet yourself with the same compassion that, you know, you would meet somebody on the mat who um, comes in with achy wrists and they're, they're trying to do something their body's not ready for because they want to prove something to themselves. And, you, you know, so, you know, and, and then the, they'll start to, oh, I can't believe I, that was so dumb of me to try to, come up in the downward facing dog when I have, you know, the carpal tunnel and now I'm, I can't do anything for a long time. And, you know, and so 
you you were in in the moment you wanted to nobody does anything because they consciously want to make their current situation worse you know you it, it was it was just a, it was just a sidetrack and and it happens to everybody yeah there's a there's a few things in there you know first of all i think of you know what do you do when your teenage son is the one that poured the poured the water down the driveway and and just turned it into a skating rink and and i think a lot of parents reaction is you know hey that was that was pretty stupid right and and the idea that you know he had the same thoughts as you would have had right like yeah. this seemed i don't want to mess up all the other the, the stoop and the other places i shoveled and i thought it would just run right down the driveway and we've got to be able to have that that awareness you know of the power of our words yeah yeah and then and then the grace right that you mentioned grace and compassion and and how much more loving is it to to ask you know well, what were you thinking when you poured that down the drive? Not sarcastically, that's the challenge, right? Because our challenge is, you know, what on earth were you thinking, right? But no, really seriously ask, what were you thinking? Because I want to understand. Um, I think the power of curiosity is so mm. helpful in in many of these situations, right? Because yeah, I want to understand why you made that choice so that we can explore how do we avoid making that choice again? Same thing with that, you know, you're compassionate with the lady trying to do the downward facing dog with carpal tunnel. And well, so, so tell me about what, what were you trying to do? Mm -hmm. Right. And then mm -hmm. we understand, you know, they got carried away in the moment, right? They're, they're feeling like, Ooh, this was going good. That's going good. I got it. Like, woohoo! out. Wait, nope. That hurts. I'm stuck. Who, who, who hasn't gotten carried away? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and we are, we we find it hard enough to be compassionate with other people, but it's almost impossible to be compassionate with ourselves. And and so I think that that self-compassion is is so important. And it's okay to ask yourself that same question. What what were you thinking? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you explained to yourself, well, I, I was thinking it was just gonna run down the driveway. And no no thought at all of the fact that it would freeze on its way down. Um and hopefully your wife didn't slip on it before you realized what had happened. Because <laughs> mine was, the gutter was dripping on the sidewalk. And I've known the gutter is dripping on the sidewalk for quite a while. And the wife and I walk out to go to a, a comedy show. And she slips, lands on her ankle, and her wrist is facing the other direction. And so, so you know, not only did we not get to go to the comedy shows, she ends up having to have surgery on her wrist because, oh, man. because I let that gutter keep dripping. And so, you know, what, what were you thinking? Um, and uh, so, so there's lots of times in our lives, right. Where we make mistakes and, and that approaching it from compassion is, is so important, especially when it comes to mindset and it comes to long-term, I think in parenting, it's, so important to come to it from compassion because you set your kids up um, with these statements that they're going to believe for the rest of their lives mm -hmm. unless somebody helps them dig them out and correct them right and so yeah. so helping people um, even now as you know my dad's you know well past retirement age spent 29 years working for the same company he's he's a brilliant man he's he's done all the things he needed to do to take care of him and my mom and and uh and now his memory is going a little bit and and he just he's so quick to say oh i'm so stupid oh i can't remember oh and i'm like 
what if he's what if you tried the opposite right what if what if you made a mistake i'm i'm so smart what if mm-hmm. what if you can't remember a name like i know i can remember names i'll i'll get it right and start just telling yourself instead of that frustration just plants the wrong seeds and creates the wrong attitude but it's so natural yeah i and, and you know the um, one thing like i I, I tell a lot of uh, a lot of my uh, clients and 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 students, I guess you know from from yoga is um, you know dumping the water. You know what what was I thinking? Well, I was thinking it was just going to run right over to the other side, and uh, but it didn't do that. And this now I have to and you and you go through this whole process of coming down to and I forgive myself. And, and I'll laugh about it and give myself permission, permission to laugh about it. And then when you explain it to somebody, they'll think that's a lot to remember. That's, you know, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a hard enough time remembering to you know, keep my lower belly tight. You want me to remember all of this, you know, and then, and I don't want to take all the time to do all that, that, that whole process. But in, and then, you know, it's, it's what we learned in, um, in hypnosis and in NLP, I guess. And, and this is when I say, you know, the subconscious mind works really, really fast. You know, the, when you get used to doing that, you, you learn these patterns or th- this way of thinking and it learns you. And then you just, you know, if the next time I, I dump the water, I don't have to go through all that process. It just, it, it just happens. It's, it's, and, and like, uh, okay, okay. And you move right to forgiveness instead of like the the long drawn out thing and when when people i know that when i learned that it worked that way it was it really encouraged me to keep learning more and when i can um help convince people that it's that way then they it just sends their forward momentum or whatever direction they want to go and in such a great it, it speeds things up you know it's it's it it takes it up to a different level, I suppose. Absolutely. Well, it's like you, you have a higher awareness of your emotions, first of all, and, and and your emotional response to certain things where, where typically our emotional response jumps straight to anger and typically anger with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And now we no longer have to go there. Now we can be like, well, that was silly. Where normally I would have, you know, been throwing the stuff around. Now I can say, okay, I'm, I'm frustrated, but I can, huh, you know, and, yeah. and I think it's, it really is a matter of giving yourself permission to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think so many of the things that we react to and the things that we do are based on, on someone else's expectation, right? Like yes. if I had poured the water down the driveway, the voice in my head would have been my dad's. It would have been, you know, well, that was so stupid would have been my dad's voice because that's the voice I was used to telling me that I'd done something stupid. <laughs> and he's usually right most of the time. Yeah. But of course our brain takes that and says, Oh, you're so stupid and files mm-hmm. that away in the you're so stupid file. And we start building that folder up instead of love that under- part. understanding that emotion and understanding a mistake and then, and then forgiving ourselves and not allowing ourselves to put it into that folder and and keep a hold of it right exactly and the folder files 
and it's it's just I think of like a updating. It's time to update those files. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and so many people don't realize that they have the file folder there, right? Mm -hmm. Until somebody sits down and starts asking them the right questions, and yep. they realize, oh, my mom said that to me, and and the things they've been repeating in their own head or the stories they've been telling themselves have become their own story, but somebody else wrote it, right? Somebody else yeah. wrote it originally. And until somebody helps them have a conversation and explore where those came from, or just start changing them, right? You know, intentionally saying, well, I, I'm not going to tell that story anymore, right? You, you, you talked about changing the meaning without changing the facts. Right. You know, one of the things that I help clients deal with are trauma and, and abuse and some of those things. And, and it, I can't take away the event, right? I can't take away the facts, but I can help mm -hmm. you rewrite the story so that it adds value to you and it 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 builds you up, right? You can own the story. You can take responsibility for the story yeah. you tell yourself and, and you can empower yourself through that story or you can allow the story to keep you a victim, you know, mm -hmm. continue down that victim path. But you're powerless if the story is controlling you. Whereas if you control the story and helping people see that they can tell the story a different way is, is very powerful. Being at, being at cause. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. An, we're not effects human. We were not created to be effects. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. We are creative, causative beings. Yeah. Yeah. The one of the, I used to, I used to know them by number as I learned them. But uh, one of the tenets of NLP is to be at cause for everything, no matter what, how bad it is. You can always, you can always be at cause uh, for how, how you're reacting to it or how you're, how you're dealing with it. But yeah, that's, I, I agree with that. Hmm. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about character as a, I mean, obviously as a coach, as a, you've had a, a pretty long journey of personal development, recognizing, you know, your dad's, you know, thinking grow rich and power of positive thinking. And, and really a lot of those are character development books, but how important is, is your character as a, as a coach, as a, as a leader? So the, um, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's where you could just answer it's, it's everything, <laughs> you know, like, when I was, um, before I became a trainer, I used to, uh, I, I played in a band for a little while. And part of my playing in a band was uh, going out and seeing bands, hmm. which I consider that to be networking. There and, you go. Um, and I would get, you know, I would drink. And, and when I drank back then, you know, I would, I would, I would smoke, you know, socially. And I had a job where I could, I could I could roll in and and you know play behind the lines so to speak for up until maybe you know rolling at seven and and kind of hide until ten and then when I became a trainer you know I couldn't do that I couldn't because every single if I had a six a.m. appointment or had a seven a.m. appointment it was that was a person there who was there to improve themselves and they were and this was a something so new to me at the time was like, people were happy to see me, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they were excited and, you know, and they, they, by just by virtue of hiring me, they, 
looked up to me and I began to notice like, I'm like, okay, well, I, one time I, I, I came in not my best. I wasn't hungover. I just was, I was having a good time and I knew I like, I better go home. Like, no, I'm, I'm loving this band. I'm going to stay and I'll be all right. And I just went into that old pattern. And then when, uh, when my client was there, I was like, oh man, I was just, I felt terrible. So that never happened again. And so when I changed my identity, you know, from a guy who hated his job and, and played in a band to a personal trainer, you know, when to me, it was, it was a, it was a career move. I, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a stepping stone into something else. I was, I was a career trainer. I was there. That was going to be it for me. That's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I just was like, whoa, that, what, th- this is awful. You know, this is just absolutely awful. This is, this is bad character, essentially. Then that went into things like not parking my car close, you know, to the door because I just felt their eyes on me. And, and, you know, what, what would that say about me? And then I was, I, I never wanted anybody to point at me doing, you know, when I was in, in a, in, and I'm not talking about like circumstances put me in a place where I was sitting in front of a, I don't know, like, like a chocolate cake and a keg or something, <laughs> but I had, you know, I'm, I'm talking about like consciously not caring when, but Hey, I'm off the clock, you know, that kind of thing, which that's, that's really what I'm talking about. I, and it, it would mortify me to think that I would ever be in that situation. And then one of my clients would, would see me and say, Hey, this is the guy who's got me in such good shape. This is the, there's, you know, there's my yoga teacher flipping out over there, you know, over something, you know, and, and then having the, you know, that, that person be embarrassed by me, it would embarrass them because they're, it would reflect on them because, because maybe they're this whole story I created in my head, you know, and it was like the, would the people say, Oh my God, that guy is your, that's the guy you're trusting with your, your transformation, you know? So, I was, I was, I was always very conscious of it. My dad didn't go anywhere that he didn't wear a tie. Mm. I think it was a little over the top to be honest, but <laughs> it was generational too. Like it really was. Yeah. yeah. We would go out to eat and I'm from Quincy, Illinois, a little town and you didn't have to wear a tie. You know, we, 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 I had to wear a tie to the airport every time I got on a plane. <laughs> But he was, but he was in character, right, all the time because yes. he, rec- he recognized yeah. that I could run into anybody that bought a car from me, and I want to be the same man at the airport as I am at the car dealership. And so, I appreciate your authenticity with with sharing your your personal story and and the recognition of I'm not showing up as my best self if I spend the night out partying and instead of you know ha- having a routine that protects me and serves me and my body well. And of course, then I'm not being a good example for my clients either. (laughs) And so I I can show up better for my clients. You mentioned identity and and making that identity shift. And so I appreciate that that identity shift from guy who hated his J-O-B to I'm a trainer responsible for helping these people. Um, That's a huge shift. And when you make that at the identity level, 
it gives you permission to make those lifestyle changes that match your identity, right? So you're congruent with who you want to be. Yes, that's 100%. <laughs> right? I, I, feel like, I feel like I just rambled on and then you you summarize everything I said perfectly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that transition of, and, and, and I hope this was a part of that transition, but really I think one of the powerful tools in, in transitioning our mindset um, from where we are to, to where we want to be is, is gratitude. Oh, yeah. How has gratitude served you in, in your transition? Uh, home. It, it's it's been the the key thing in any time um, I've I've made a big change in my life has all been centered you know g- gratitude. When I say change, I mean like any any success, any any, any measurable success where it, it it looks like like the stars are aligning and, and, and all that stuff. Like it's just magic. It's, it's the one key thing has just been gratitude. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, the last example of that was, gosh, there's been a, there's been a lot, but like, the, so the one, the one that's coming up is um, when I started, um, I, I, I started getting into yoga. And then when I got into yoga, my body was, um, you know, I, I was, you know, very strong and in really good shape. And I know it's tight. I was, my body was really, really tight. And I began to, uh, you know, the, the, the physical changes that were happening, you know, in my mobility were really making me very thankful. Like, like, wow, this is, this is great. You know, all this time I used to be like if somebody, if I would help somebody move furniture or something, you know, or, or just like a hard, a hard, late laborious day. So, not laborious isn't boring, but I mean, hard labor, you know, whether it's you know, moving stuff around or, 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 you know, a lot of yard work outside. I always feel this like this twinge and sometime at some point in my back, you know, like my sort of like lower right side. I would just I would just feel this thing happen. It would just kind of go and just and it would kind of feel a pull and not it was never a tear, it was just kind of pull and I was like, ah. Uh, okay, there that is. And it would start hurting and I would just gut through it. And then the next day, and I got very used to that, you know, the next two days were going to be really bad. And it was actually helping my, my, my first yoga teacher was moving. Uh, they were moving to Arkansas and I was helping them move. It was all the strength I already had, but then I had the mobility along with it. And it was, it was, I was like, and I'm I air quoting superhuman in my own perception because I was, I was light on my feet. I was darting up and down the stairs. I was carrying things and nothing it was nothing was, was hurt in my body. And, and it was just constantly just so thankful for that. Nice. And yeah. And, and then I began meeting really nice people and I was constantly thankful for that. And I was just like, wow, this is really great. And I was constantly noticing where that's showing up. Like, um, Oh, I, I I can sit all the way down on a curb. I've never been able to. That's that's amazing. And and even though there's people who you know are so much more flexible, I was just so thankful. I was never looking at like, but they can sit down on a. You know what I mean? I, I would just like, oh, this is so great. And then my business just picked up. And at one point, like I had nine yoga teachers 
um, on my on my books as as uh, as a personal trainer. Nice. And it wasn't just the, the ones coming from the the studio; they were coming out of the woodwork, like that I haven't heard from in a long time. That I was like, "Wow, this is something." Yeah, that's always been. You know, it's the, the, all all of the all of the the most successful people always talk about an attitude of gratitude. It's it's not hard to do if, if you learn how to be present. And in 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 the ethical practice of uh, of yoga, um, in the yamas and niyamas, one of them is called santosha. That means contentment. And contentment isn't just you know be thankful for what you have. It's it's the rec the um, the realization and recognizing that every single moment is perfect because there's no, there's never been a moment like it. And there's never been a moment. There'll never be another one like it again. And so when you're present in, in a moment, even if you're, even if you're in misery, if you're in physical misery, it's still being present and recognizing like, Oh, this is where I am right now. Gratitude can build from that. And then it snowballs into, there's a nice storm kind of going on right now. I'm very thankful to be sitting here talking to you. <laughs> inside inside a nice warm house. Absolutely. Exactly. All of that. Taking a deep breath. And and well, I just love how you how you share gratitude as a as a tool for really it's it's you you found it from your body to your mind. Many people find it from their mind to their body. And so mm -hmm. I love love that connection. And, uh, and definitely how, how you've seen it grow from not just your body, but to your business, to your relationships. And, and that's so powerful. Matt, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate you coming on the show and Thanks for having me. look forward to uh, keep watching you and your business grow. Thank you, Robert. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been great. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Amanda Harness is the founder and CEO of Kinetic Spark. She is a business optimizer focused on developing strategic operations for service-based businesses. The firm's purpose is to help businesses capitalize on their strengths, root out obstacles, and solve people and process problems. The goal is to increase customer satisfaction, create a fulfilling work environment, and regain lost revenue. She helps to create a scalable framework so owners can ignite business growth with confidence.